Hey there, welcome to the Clyde Podcast. I'm so glad that you hopped on today. This is Willow Weston, if you're new to the podcast. If you're not, and I hopped in your inbox again this week, I'm so glad that you're here. And for those of you who don't know, if you love this podcast, you've listened to it a few times and it's your jam, make sure that you subscribe. Then it will just pop on your phone every single week and be ready for you when you're in your car on that treadmill or whatever it is you do while you're listening to podcasts. But today is a fun interview that I'm about to hand you. I just hung out with Kristen Clark and Kristen is the host of the Collide Kids podcast. Didn't know it existed. She reached out to us because she kept, um, every time she'd search for her podcast, she'd see ours and realized that we're like-minded, that we want people to collide with Jesus. And she does work to help kids collide with Jesus. So she's located all the way across the nation in Atlanta. We're located all the way across from her in the upper left of the Pacific Northwest. And we just got to have a great conversation about inviting kids into faith in Jesus and the ways we blow it, the ways that we do it beautifully, things we can learn and things we can, um, do to engage our entire family's faith. So if you're a mom or a dad or you're a Sunday school teacher, or you are a middle school teacher, or if you're a coach, this could be a great podcast for you to just think on how we're talking to kids about faith in Jesus. So check it out. Kristen, it is so fun to have you on the podcast today. Coming in hot from Georgia. Yeah, ATL. (laughs) I've never been there, but I feel so far away from you being in the Pacific Northwest. So this is really cool that we can connect in this way. I know. I'm so excited. Thanks so much for having me here. Well, there's two things I can tell we already have in common. And one is you wear really fun glasses and I'm a fan of fun glasses. So where's your favorite glasses store to go to? Because I have to ask you. Oh, um, I'm kind of lame. Like these are actual real glasses I think I got at my eye doctor. And then, um, I have some fun glasses that I wear in my pictures and I do, I do for stage stuff for kids. So those were from party city. Uh, (laughs) but I do love Yeah. But I do love the good Warby Parker. Like those are cute. And Mm -hmm. I I need to get some new glasses. So I need to upgrade. Well, when I was stalking you, I saw you in all these different fun glasses and I was like, oh, this girl's going to be fun to talk to. One of the (laughs) other things we have in common is you reached out to us um, about connecting and it's so cool because you have a ministry, you host a a podcast called Collide Kids, but we're not, we're not related. So how did you name your podcast? Yeah, I I know. That's so funny. When I looked up the name, you guys came up and I thought, oh, that's cool. But I wrote a curriculum for kids. So I've been in kids ministry for a long time, like 17 years. And a long time ago, I used to write my own curriculum for my church's large group worship time. And one of the curriculums I wrote was called Collide. And it was all about Mm -hmm. where life and faith collide. And I love the I use this a lot where I talk about 
bumping into faith. So bumping into the things like you're going down the road and a song comes on the radio on Christian radio and it just speaks to your heart and God uses that. It's like you kind of bump into it, you collide with it. And um, one of the things I'm really passionate about is teaching kids and adults that we don't just use our faith or apply our faith on Sundays at church. It happens all week long. And so, um, so yeah, so when I wrote that curriculum a while back, it, it was really about a lot of different, you know, ways that we can learn about truth and things like that. But um, I created a, a couple of different programs from it at my church. And so it was kind of like, it was just my word, I guess. I just thought mm-hmm. it, this just fits. Collide Kids just feels good. And I, I I tested a few other ones and this is just the one I landed on. So it's kind of become the the premise of, of what the show is all about. But I, I think I just like the word a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so funny because I think around here, a lot of people might coin that term towards obviously our ministry, but me because... Um, the phrase sort of came from this epiphany I had years ago where I was in a counseling office dealing with my childhood pain and just sort of had this moment with God, not even with with the counselor in the room. And this story's on our podcast, but, but basically unexpectedly, it felt like God showed up in this counseling office and helped me to see that I was born into wounds. And then I collided with my mother's wounds. And because she didn't get healing, she wounded me. And now I had this great ability to wound my kids. And I just in this office was like, oh my gosh, it's all just one big wounded collision. And what came from there was uh, a small group that started in my living room. And God basically called us to do an experiment and call it Collide. And then it's it was an event and a conference and now it's become all these other things. So this ministry with a staff and podcast and counseling program and books and Bible studies, all the things. But all that to say, I had no idea that I had like a collide sister all the way across the nation. That's so cool. Over in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So you're doing a podcast and you're the host of this show. And what I think is really interesting in what I read about you is that the podcast is actually for kids and families, right? Correct. Yes. And how did this come about? Well, like I said, I've been working kids ministry for a long time. So they're, they're my people, you know, like I connect with kids pretty well. I think, um, they might think I'm weird, but, um, I enjoy talking with kids and connecting with kids. And really, I believe like if you have the ability to teach biblical truth or teach a Bible story to a child, then you can teach it to anyone. And it's really about, you know, learning to speak to kids and connect with them. And what I realized is when I was starting out with this um, idea for this podcast was most kids are going to listen to a podcast with their parents in the room or their parents are in the car and they put it on for their Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. So I wanted it to be something that kids and and families could enjoy together and something that could spark conversation. So a lot of the topics I really ask my guests to to think about kids that are listening uh, and make sure the topic focuses on that, but also to consider that there are parents that are listening as well. And how could they continue this conversation or how can these families learn from these resources that my guests have? So I really try to make it about the family so that the whole family kind of gets something out of it. Um, 
So that that's kind of where it comes from. I, I don't want to just isolate just the kids, but I don't want it to be a parenting podcast either. It's a, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, that's such a unique spin. I've actually never heard of a podcast that does that. And so my kids are older now, right? I have 19 or actually 20, I should say, and almost 18. So I don't necessarily have kids. I'm toting around in my car. But if I if I did, I'd hop on your podcast. What do you think grew in you such a passion for kids to know and love God? Well, I mean, there's so many studies out there that talk about how foundational it is for a child to learn um, and grow in their faith. You know, it's going to stick with them if they are, if they get that, that training or that uh, education, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And that seed is planted in them early. They're going to hang on to it. And and it's a lot harder to connect with people who don't have that foundation of faith. And so I've always been passionate about kids. Um, my mom would um, kind of put me in charge of babysitting all my cousins and their friends would go out and do stuff. This was the 90s. So they'd go out <laughs> and do stuff. And so I would be in charge of like 18 kids and we would have oh, wow. parties or we uh, usually we did everything I wanted to do. So like everybody have a seat. We're going to learn to read. We're going to pretend like we're playing school. Like I was always this <laughs> uh, bossy person, I guess. Uh, and so when I was a kid, I, I had a lot of interaction with babysitting and working with kids. And even when I was a teenager, I I got to the point where I liked student ministry, but I really just felt like I wanted to serve somewhere. And so I got connected in kids ministry when I was a a student. And Hmm. um, I worked at camps for um, like four or five summers when I was in high school and college. And so I kind of just always had this, it was just part of me, like it was always just easy for me to jump right into that. And, um, I went to, I went to school to learn music education. Um, so I could work with kids in music cause I was passionate about music, but, um, pretty early on, I knew God was calling me to work in ministry and work with kids directly through the church. And so, um, so that it kind of just lent itself to all of that interaction with kids all the time. And so, yeah, I've just been, I've been doing it forever. I don't know anything else, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I do feel like, to me, the reason I started the podcast was, you know, for my kids, like I was looking for something like this, uh, like my podcast where it was interview style. And one of my favorite things is hearing people's story, hearing their faith journey, hearing how they became a Christian or how they learned that this God-given purpose in them, you know, was from, was something they wanted to do with their life and how they wanted to serve God. And so I love learning that about people. Uh, but I wasn't sure if there was anything like there that my kids could listen to. There's a lot of interview style shows out there. Um, but you know, some of them go into deeper subjects where kids are not interested. So I wanted to do something that would make that interesting for kids. And so that's kind of where the show came from, um, was just wanting it for my own kids and having a passion for my kids as well. So yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that's I love that you've had this passion sort of ingrained in you from the get-go. And it's sort of sounds like it's determined your path almost from babysitting to serving to being a part of youth ministry, all of these things. So now it's really shaped your experience and your experience, your story and your passion are now being used to impact kids. When you think back to being a kid, did you have anyone who poured into you or invested into your faith? Yeah, I I can trace back um, so many different small group leaders and Sunday school teachers. 
Um, and I, you know, we were a part of a, a really great church. Actually, my mom is still a part of it and she's the preschool director there. And I just, I'm so thankful for that upbringing and for that church because there were so many opportunities for me to be poured into. Um, but I think, you know, just even some of the older teenagers that were willing to serve, they, uh, they hung the moon. You know, when I was hanging out with a teenager, mm-hmm. Nobody was cooler than me because I was with someone that was older than me. And so I just, I just love that there was so many different people that poured into me. And I think that really got me excited about serving and doing the same for someone else. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I think sometimes we think we have to do some like really profound thing to impact a kid's faith, but I've heard so many stories of just, I mean, literally adults who think back to that Sunday school teacher who was, you know, 65 years old and she'd been teaching Sunday school for decades and she sat in a rocking chair and probably read boring stories, but there was something about her faithfulness of being that same calming, precious presence every single week that impacted a kid. Or like you hear these stories where it's like, really simplistic, like what was meaningful that helped someone's faith last for a lifetime. When you think about that, can you locate, like travel back to being a kid? Can you locate a few moments that felt like, man, it was this that this person did or this that this person said that were really meaningful to your faith? I I think back to one of my Sunday school teachers, her name was Pam, and she actually was one of my leaders, I think, from early on through high school. She stuck with our group, and she kind of graduated with us, and and I hear all the time, you know, different leaders and, and children's ministry gurus say, like, it's not so much taught, like the things you say, they're going to remember more about how you make them feel and how they feel connected to what you are passionate about. And so I just remember Pam was super cool and she loved her family and she loved Jesus and she loved serving and she loved us most of all. And she was one of those, she was a little scrappy. (laughs) So I knew like she would fight for me if I needed her to, like she was just kind of that like, um, sassy attitude. I don't know, but I just remember her sticking with us all those years through all those, um, you know, just through all those different life events as we're going through middle school and high school. And, um, you know, like she even came to my, my bachelorette party when I was getting married. She's still, so she's still been a part of my life, you know, all this time. Just, she's Mm -hmm. just that type of person. She's just very passionate and, and very loving in her own way. Um, and I think that really made an impact for me. Just, I wanted to be like her and I saw that she was passionate about God and about serving God. And so I wanted to do that too. Mm, be a Pam people, be a Pam. <laughs> I'm curious, you have two kids in elementary school, but you worked with kids before you had kids. I think when we don't have kids, cause I was in youth ministry for years before I had kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I even remember like in college, my college job was being a checker at a grocery store. And, you know, you'd look over and see people whose kids are out of control and you'd be like, well, I was like, admittedly thinking like, get your kids together, lady, you know, yeah. and then I <laughs> right. had kids and I remember like, Oops. <laughs> being like, oh, so basically you're walking around with a ticking time bomb and you have no idea what's going to happen right. at any given moment. Um, I'm just sort of curious in saying all that to ask you, how have your 
sort of perspective or your views changed on talking to kids about God since having them compared to beforehand when you didn't have kids? Like, how has that experience of becoming a mom changed how you now engage faith with kids? Right. Um, well, I'm definitely, like I said, I've always connected with kids. Um, and I, I guess I get their humor a a, a lot easier than adult humor. But, um, I think when, you know, when we're in our twenties, we know everything. Right. And so, um, I was so excited about, you know, teaching and doing all these different things with kids. And then I had kids and I realized how unique they all are. You know, I have two kids. I have a boy and a girl. They are very different personalities. They are very different temperaments. They are very sensitive about different things than each other. And we raised them the same way. They're in the same house. So that's always been amazing to me. You can raise you know, two people in the same place, and they're going to turn out completely different. And Mm -hmm. so just recognize the uniqueness of each child and how they connect with people, how they connect with God, what what's important to them. And, um, and just how I want to make sure that it's not just about all the learned things, all the the memorizing the Bible verses or, you know, get your stuff together and don't act out. Like it's more about like making sure that at some point they recognize that God is with them all the time. And Mm -hmm. I want them to experience God in a real way that they can articulate. Um, maybe not now, but when they're older and, and I just, I don't know, I, I think I loosened up a little bit, you know, um, it wasn't so much about like the memorization. It was more about the heart and what they were connecting with, um, in their own, in their own personalities. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because I think in a lot of ways, Christians sort of make a relationship with Jesus really formulaic, almost like Mm -hmm. everyone needs to say no and do all the same things. And yes, of course there's, you know, things that we know are, or what God desires for our lives. But at the same time, like if you look at Jesus, when he did show up and collide with people, they all had such different stories, different experiences. They were in different places. And his invitation to each one of them when he ran into them was so different in a moment. And we aren't all in the same place at the same time. And kids are so different. It is crazy. I have a son and a daughter and uh, they couldn't be, I mean, sometimes you're like, how did you do you have the same DNA? How did, how how are you so entirely different? And it has been a really interesting experience to navigate as a mom. How do I invite them into relationship with Jesus as they are, and they're not the same? You know, right. so that is a thing that you realize as a mom is everyone's so uniquely different, and Jesus meets us there in our uniqueness. Right. Which is and I think cool. too, I. I've recognized the importance of my faith and my journey with Jesus and them being able to see that and experience that with me, Um, even just to watch me as I have my quiet time or to watch me as I'm faithfully serving in the church or right now I'm going to seminary and I've explained to them, I'm going to seminary because God told me to. And so I'm following after what God's asked me to do. And, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that infringes on, our family plans or it fringes on, you know, all the time I can spend with them, but I want them to know my mom was faithful to follow after God. And so 
it's less about like how many family devotionals we have and how much scripture am I teaching them or are pouring into them, but it's more about, are they seeing that? Is it real in my life? Do they see mm-hmm. that in me? And I think they're going to get more, a lot more out of that. I know for me, watching my mom have a quiet time every day was so inspirational. And, um, you know, and that that's the things I remember. She probably taught me lots of other things, but that's one of the things I still hold on to is how faithful my mom was to spending time with Jesus and studying God's word. And so she said a lot of other stuff too, but you know, that's what sticks mm-hmm. with you is what you see them doing it and what you see your parents living out. Mm. Yeah, totally. I have so many memories and thoughts. I'm just thinking about how even when my son was younger, he was a part of a Bible study at church. And I remember talking to the leader and he was saying, you know, your son's just different. He doesn't, you know, he's not like the other kids. I I know the intention wasn't negative, but it felt a little bit negative. Like he's not giving the Sunday school answers of like, yes, the Bible's this, the Bible's that. He's asking all these questions. He's got to be different, think different and say things like, well, I don't like that God said that and that kind of stuff. And I remember as a mom feeling like, man, am I failing? Like, am I failing to help my kid love God's word and love God? Like, why is my kid showing up to this church Bible study and questioning things? And, you know, even still fast forwarding to him being a 20 year old, and he's definitely on his own path. And I have to trust that God's going to meet him on that path. But I am seeing moments where he's he's looking for God. He's looking for God to show up in his daily life. This week he came home and he had some really discouraging news at the mechanic shop and all his money was going to go towards fixing his car. And he was just really bummed out. And he came home and was like, I actually had a God moment today though. And he started telling me about this God moment. And I thought, oh man, like you're looking for God. Like you're yeah. in your daily life, you're looking for him and you're seeing him show up. And that's so beautiful and so great. But sometimes I think we put kids in a box and we're like, I want you to say all the right things, believe all the right things, memorize the scripture, love church, buy in to Jesus. And it doesn't always work like that. And what would you say to parents who feel like, man, they're discouraged because they feel like their kids should somehow like, like all the things about God or know all the things about God or want to go to all the things at church and their kids not. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I feel like that sometimes, you know, like I'm in seminary and I'm working for all these different, um, ministries and, and teaching these conferences. And, and sometimes I'll ask my kids a question, like, what do you think this means? And they're like, I don't know. Um, so I, I feel like that sometimes too. But I think what's really important is that you are, like you said, allowing them to go through their journey and just encouraging them to stick with it, just like you are. And, you know, we, my family does not have a daily devotional family devotion. I'm lots of families that do that. And I think it's amazing. And you know what, we don't go to church every single Sunday and we don't do, we're not perfect in every way, just because we're in ministry or because we are, you know, we're looked at as, as people that should know all the answers. But I feel like 
just sticking with it and and just letting God move. Um, sometimes the best we can do is turning on Christian radio in the car as we're driving to baseball practice or, you know, just having a conversation at night about what we believe God has done in our life. Just even just five minutes is all we can fit in. But just doing those little things, I think it still makes an impact. We believe that God has something special in store for your life. Do you need some help discerning next steps in your calling or wishing that God could do something big with your life, but you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're tired, overwhelmed, or burned out and need some encouragement and inspiration to get back up. Whatever season or life phase you're in, we've got an incredible online course called Women of Impact that will equip and empower you with tools to fully live out your purpose in this life. This course comes with over 70 teaching sessions taught by over 50 incredible women and features topics like discerning direction, dreams and vision, health for a purpose, impact in every chapter, and more. You'll also get beautifully designed journals and incredible resource lists. This course was created for women on the go, meaning you can access it anytime, anywhere, on any device. Now is the time to get inspired and equipped to make an impact with your life. This robust course is available for only $149. You can learn more or register by going to wecollide.net forward slash women of impact. Well, and I think it's doing things, but it's also just like inviting kids. Like I remember one day laying in bed at the end of a day on a Sunday. And I remember laying in bed with Aiden to say prayers and say goodnight. And I can't remember how old he was, but definitely like fifth grade or sixth grade or something. And I just was like, how do you sense God? Like, and he got really silent. And then I kind of had this inner panic, like, oh my gosh, like, what if he's like, I don't. And then he stops believing God. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't be afraid to ask him, like, how do you sense God? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe his, his response. Like he brought up this, this memory of being out at recess one day. And he's like, mom, I was all the way on this side of the playground. And I felt like someone tapped me on the shoulder because I was supposed to turn around. And I turned around and looked all the way across. And my friend uh, was being pushed down in the concrete by another kid. And I, I just ran over and I picked up that other kid because my son's always been big. He's like, <laughs> I just ran over and I picked up that kid and I threw him off and said, leave my friend alone. And he's like, I, I feel like God told me to go help my friend because he was getting hurt. That's, that's kind of how I sense God. And I realized like, man, I, it doesn't have to be about all these things I do or all these places we go to right. or all these facts I spit or all these church services we go to, but it, it can also be about like looking for God in our everyday lives. How is he colliding with you? How do you experience right. him? And how do you see him showing up to you at school or on the sports field? And I think that's so important is to ask our kids their own experience. Right. And 
you know, one of the things that comes out in just about every podcast episode when I'm talking to people is they say, you know, I now realize like all the things that I was passionate about, the things I was excited about, even when I was a kid, now that's my job. And I feel like that's my God given purpose. And so I think even helping kids to realize like the thing that you love, you love that because God made you that way. And just recognizing that they're their whole life has has God's fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. And just doing the thing they love can be an experience with God because they know that God's created them to do that thing or to be that way or to love that that thing. And so I love that that kind of is a thread in my show that comes out a lot with each of the guests is just how much they recognize God's hand in their lives and, and what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as parents, we probably just need to be better at telling God stories. Because mm-hmm. the more we tell yeah. them, the more our kids hear them. And not in a manipulative way, but like a true way. Like, yeah, this happened to me today. Yeah, this is what happened to me when I was 15 and I had to move out or whatever your story is, you know? What do you think we're we're getting wrong? What are we doing wrong as parents sometimes when we're talking to kids about faith? Um, I don't know. I think for me, I, I grew up, I went to a pretty legalistic Christian school. Um, I'm thankful for the biblical teaching I got when I was in school and, and church and all the things. Um, but I I feel like it was a lot of rote memorization, catechisms, um, all those things that just didn't apply to me until later on in life. Now, I do believe that stuff is so important, but I started to recognize like, oh my gosh, my kids do not have a Christian education and they do not have all of this like biblical training and memorization. And so am I fail- like, am I missing out? And so I've tried to just focus on, like I said before, just finding something each day that I can do that reminds them of who God is or why I love God. And um, I think a lot of times parents want to, they want to ha- their kids to have something that they've never experienced themselves. Like they want their kids to have a moment with God. They want their kids to memorize the book of Philippians. They want their kids to have mm-hmm. all this um, background and, and things, and they're not willing to go there themselves. I want my kids to authentically worship God, but you know, I stand in the church service with my arms crossed or, you know, I rarely make time each day to spend time with God, but I want my kids to have a devotional. So I think it's really about us going there first, us being willing to to take those steps in our own lives. And then we can impart what we're learning or what, how we're growing or what we're passionate about because we've already been there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think how to say this and not get in trouble, but I'm, I'm just thinking like, it feels like a lot of Christian parents and I'll lump myself in and say, a lot of us almost want these Christian robots who say all the right things, do all the right things. So they check all the right belief boxes and they morally act in such a way that doesn't cause us trouble and stress and assures their perfection. And that's what we, if we're really honest, that's what we want. And well if, behaved. You, if you break that down, that has, um, 
that can that can almost be accomplished where you say right things and do right things with no relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could certainly fake it anyways. And I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what's the challenge for us to sort of rethink, like, what are we really hoping for? I guess I'm sort of evaluating these things. I'm almost an empty nester. And I'm thinking like, I have no control over the choices my kids now make. I spent their entire childhood inviting them into faith, but really like they get to choose if they want a relationship with God. But do I care more about what they look like and what they say? Or do I care more about them having an actual relationship with God? And if they have an actual relationship with God, it doesn't mean that they aren't going to fail or they aren't going to fall on their face and stumble to have to find him and realize that they're sinners and need of a savior. Like it just feels a little bit like if we're really honest, sometimes as parents, what are we really wanting? And is the thing we're really wanting a relationship with Jesus or is it like, yes, the answer is yes. But we also feel really good when they just say the right things and do the right things. Right. Well, it's a lot of comparison, you know, like we're comparing how our kids reflecting us, not the Lord, not Jesus. We want them to reflect us in a good light. Mm -hmm. And so we're watching these other kids who are doing amazing things and like, why can't you be more like, you know, we don't want to say that, but that's kind of what we're thinking. Um, I think another mistake that a lot of parents make, even some of my friends, we've talked about this, is that we avoid having deep theological, biblical conversations with our kids because we don't know. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to avoid that at all costs because we don't want to admit to our kids that we don't have that answer or we're not comfortable with that. You know, there's lots of things in the Bible that are a little uncomfortable. You know, I always say the Mm -hmm. Bible's spicy. There's some stuff (laughs) in there that's shocking and, Mm -hmm. and, but it still reflects this amazing God that desires to have a relationship with us. And and He desires for us to know Him and to know Him well. One of my favorite Bible verses is James 1, 5, where it says, if we ask God for wisdom, He gives it to us generously, like a big portion. And so we can go, we can go down this path with our kids that have questions or have doubts or are struggling with things that they're reading or learning or dealing with in the world. And we can say, you know what? I don't know either. That bothers me too, but let's look into it. Let's pray about it. Let's dive into it instead of just completely avoiding those conversations and and not being the the stoic know it all parent that we want to be. It's okay to mm-hmm. not know. <laughs> well, and that's such a good point because the definition of faith in the Bible, right, is being uh, certain of what you do not see, being being sure of what you hope for, and certain of what you do not see. And I think. Right. It doesn't say faith is knowing everything. And so you invite your kid into the realness of, I believe in a God I cannot see. I believe in a kingdom I cannot see. I believe in a heaven I cannot see. I believe I'll get a new body that I cannot see. I believe in a resurrection I cannot see. Like faith is actually stepping into the unseen. And to be able to have a conversation with a kid where you're like, those are great questions. And honestly, I don't know, but we could wrestle through them together and God can meet us there. That just feels like it's real. Right. 
And they always have those questions like right before bedtime, you're like, can I have a glass of water? And (laughs) what's the meaning of life, mom? You're like, good night. (laughs) Totally. But there's so much around. In fact, I just interviewed a guy from uh, Fuller Institute, Stephen Argue. I don't know if you know who he is. He just came out with a book. I ordered it after I interviewed him because it was so good, but it's called Growing With. And um, he talks about... um, there's a portion of time where kids need us to be teachers because they're students, but then they move from students to being explorers and we can no longer be teachers. We have to be guides. And that's kind of the place of life I'm in. You might still be a a bit more where your kids are students and you're a teacher because they're younger. But I think in a lot of ways, we feel like our job as Christian parents is to impart knowledge impart knowledge, impart knowledge, but maybe part of it is to actually explore with our kids. Let's ask questions. Let's look for the spirit. What is God calling us to do? Let's pray together. Like not be people who are just spinning facts. Right. Right. And I think, you know, it's really important. Something that I've been convicted about is making sure that my kids hear me praying for them and praying these things you know, that, that I desire for them not to be great and well-behaved and perfect, but I want them to know that my desire is for them to have a close relationship with God and, and I want them to hear me. And so I pray over them, you know, as much as not every night, I wish I did. Uh, cause sometimes my kids fall asleep before I get up there, but, um, you know, I, I love to be able to do that and let them hear me pray for them. And, and my heart's desire for them is to have that real relationship. So, I want them to know that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And then you'll have a day where they'll offer to pray over you and you'll start weeping. Yes. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm curious, you talk a lot about on your podcast about how kids can do big things for God. That's a really cool topic. What are you seeing come out of those conversations? Yeah, I think I'm always amazed at how kids are so compassionate and so driven, probably more than we realize. And so I've seen kids, you know, raise money. I I knew of one kid, we were doing an event, a fundraiser for um, a missions organization. And this kid's like, I started a garden and I'm selling the things that I'm growing and I'm going to give it all to missions. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've seen kids who just reaching out to a friend and and connecting with someone who just really needed that friend. Like those are big things that God can do in the lives of kids. And I want them to learn. I want every kid to hear that, that they are capable, that they are allowed to experience God and the calling of God. God can call you to your purpose today. You don't have to wait until you become an adult and finish college and go through seminary or, you know, figure out what you want to do with your life and then do it. And then God starts using you. He can Mm -hmm. use you every single day to accomplish His purposes that He created in advance for you to do. And that's the coolest verse, I think, in the Bible is that God has already created so many things, good things that He wants to accomplish in your life through your life. You have a purpose. And so I want kids to hear that, um, especially as they're go- getting older. I-, I don't want them to to lose that faith that they are vessels that God desires to use um, just to show off the glory of God. And and so, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of kids do some really cool things. And I think they just need the opportunity or mm-hmm. the the experience. So, you know, taking your kids on mission trips or 
allowing them to have a lemonade stand to raise money for something at the church or just teaching them about being generous and being kind. Those are ways that kids can do amazing things for God and and see how God works through them and in them. Hmm. That's so cool. I love that so much. I think sometimes we think, oh no, there's a start date to that. Like after I graduate from, if I go to high school and I go to college after college, I'll start like doing some big things. And it's like, then we think there's an expiration date too, where when we hit a certain age at 60 or 65, those days are over and we bench ourselves. But I think it's super cool. You're having those conversations with kids. It reminds me of, we put on conferences here and we do three large conferences a year. And one, one of the conferences we were centering around, um, the collision in John where Jesus uses a little boy's lunch to feed thousands of people. And we had heard about this local girl from one of our volunteers who's been around for years. She's a kindergarten teacher. And she said her kindergarten or Penelope started a food bank. So she, I think her parents gave a yes to like build kind of like a little stand or something. And she put food in it and started collecting food. And then people who needed food could come and grab food out of it. Uh, You know, I think it was like in her front yard or something. And we just thought, wow, that's so precious. And so we got this idea that we'd invite Penelope to the conference and that she would share about her food bank because if Penelope can do it, we can do it. Right. Right. And it's so crazy how kids can inspire adults. Um, But it did really take Penelope's parents to give her a yes, to allow Penelope to go raid their pantry and to build a container for it and all those things. It was super cool at this conference because Penelope didn't know this. She left the stage from sharing her story. And then we asked everyone at the conference to text and like email, call, whatever during the break, anyone they knew who lived locally to come and drop food off at the front of this church. We're having this conference. We're going to surprise Penelope and bring her back out on the stage in a couple hours. And we had no idea. We thought, what if this dive bombs and like two ladies text and there's two Campbell's soup cans. And what happened was just like flooded with the stage and the church were just like covered with food for Penelope's food bank. So she inspired us so much. So, so I love so much that you're having these conversations with kids and with adults, because I think it inspires all of us. Absolutely. And, you know, I, right now I'm serving at my church. I help out in kids choir. And, um, we got an email the other day talking about the kindergartners and their, their one little girl or one little boy, I can't remember, um, became a Christian. He he got saved and he asked Jesus in his heart and he was so excited. He started telling his friends and then they did. And so the email was, there's a revival breaking out in the kindergarten choir class because <laughs> they're all telling each other about Jesus and they're all asking Jesus in their hearts. And I thought, that's so cool that they just, all they're doing is just sharing what God's doing for them. And mm-hmm. now all these kids have this faith in Jesus and they're excited about learning about Jesus and they're excited about sharing the gospel and how timid we are as adults to tell our friends that we love Jesus, that God's doing something in our life. So that inspired me recently. It was just thinking about that kindergarten class and how they're all just, just telling each other how excited they are about the gospel. Mm, 
That's really cool. You know, I know our time's coming to an end, but I wanted to ask you before we hop off, what are some of the best resources that you can recommend for families to grow in their faith together? Yeah. Um, well, one of them's pretty easy and that's Christian radio. And I'm a big advocate for, I love Christian radio. I love, you know, Christian music. I know not everybody does and that's okay. But I feel like one of the biggest things that has taught my kids faith and biblical teaching and scripture memory is just listening to Christian music. And so whether it's a Spotify playlist or, you know, whatever the local station is where you live, I encourage you to check into that and to get plugged into just turning it on in your car and having that on, I think is really important. Um, some of the, some of the things that I've learned about faith, I still remember from songs that I learned from when I was a kid. And so I think that's really easy. Um, I love raising prayerful kids. They have a book and a, uh, I don't know if they have a podcast, but they have a website. Um, my friend Steph and Sarah, they do some amazing things about teaching your kids how to pray and making prayer a part of your life. Um, and then I think there's lots of great media out there that's that's being created that not many people know about. That's what my show is really all about. I was telling a friend recently, I interviewed this lady. Her name is Jean, um, but her stage name is Miss Patty Cake. And she does <laughs> some amazing work for preschoolers. She's like the Wiggles, but Christian. So she does all these like, great videos for preschoolers, teaching them faith and getting them excited about praising God and we were talking about how there's so much out there. I love Yippee, uh, which is a great media resource for families to check out. And, it, you know, you don't have to worry about what your kids are going to be watching when they're on their iPads or their devices. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I'm trying to think if there's something else that I, I love. Um, I think just get connected with um, what's happening in your area and your local church and, and just really be um, intentional about being a part of what's happening there. I think a lot of times we think, you know, I heard a good sermon here and I like the worship music at this church and I'm doing this, but if you're not plugged into a body of believers, um, I think that's so important for your faith and for the faith of your family. So yeah, I, I think that's really generic uh, answer, but go to church. <laughs> yeah. No, those are great. And then how can people can connect with you and your podcast and all that you're doing? Yeah. Um, so I'm, you can go to my website, collidekidspodcast.com and you can find more information about me. And there's lots of information about all the episodes I've, I've had, um, different guests on there that have been amazing. And so check that out for sure. I'm on Instagram at collidekidspod and I'm also on Facebook. Um, so yeah, go come find me, come say hello. I'd love to, to, connect with you. And also at the end of each of my episodes, I have a kids only segment where kids get to send in recordings of themselves saying a Bible verse or singing a song or telling a joke. And so that's always fun. So if your kids want to be on my show, they could be a guest too. So you just go to my website. You can find more information about that as well. That's awesome, Kristen. It's super good to get to know you all the way across the nation and yeah. hear about your heart for kids to collide with Jesus. And our heart is for people to experience more and more collisions with him so that they yes. can know his great love. So it's just really cool to, to know a like-minded lady from super far away. I'm glad God connected us. Me too. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. Friend, I hope that you enjoyed that 
conversation that I just had with Kristen. It is so cool to hear about ways people are trying to love on, invest in, and support kids in their faith. And I just want to encourage you. I know that you care about the kids in your life. And sometimes it can feel discouraging and it can feel scary and fear can take over. Sometimes you can feel like, man, am I blowing it? I know I felt that so many times as a parent. And you know what? We're not perfect and we do make mistakes and we don't know what we're doing. And we weren't given uh, a formula or a handbook on how to get this perfect. And you know what else? God knows that. God knew when he made you a parent that you're not perfect and that you make mistakes and you fail and that you don't always get it right and that you don't always know what you're doing. And he still made you a parent to that kid. And if you're a teacher, he still called you to be a teacher. And if you're a coach, he still put you in that place to invest in and pour into kids' lives. So I guess I just want to like take a moment to remind you that if you love kids and you want them to love God, but you feel sometimes like you're kind of failing at that, I think God put you in the kids' lives that you love on purpose, and he knows what he's doing, and he's using you in beautiful ways. So let's first just be friends to ourselves and have a little grace and patience with ourselves. And understand that we're not God and we're not our kids' saviors. And we don't have to be perfect to invite them into faith. In fact, our imperfections can invite them to long for and know Jesus. So we can all calm down and be with our kids. I often think about how Jesus says, let the little children come to me. And I think about how... When I come to my kids and I'm hanging out with my kids, guess who I'm running into? I'm running into Jesus because that's where he is. He's with kids. So my hope is that you and your kids can experience Jesus together. Keep colliding, friend, and we'll catch you next week.